Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Good, Dennis. Um, it's we're we're what, we're in recording this, so we're in the fall time here in Indiana. That is um, in this hemisphere. For those listening, it's the autumn happening in September. So right now we're in um, Halloween stuff's happening and. Uh, Halloween stuff is starting. Their starting. spirit stores are open. We are uh, less than a week from the official transition from summer to fall. Thanks, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Nah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. The reminder: the the twenty first is the is the the equinox. So now we're in there. Now the reason I kind of mention this is that this comes with um, a lot of stuff. I it's well known that I'm a big summer person and love summer, love the long days. Mm-hmm, There's, mm-hmm. I, I won't go into the things I always go into about why I love summer <laughs> and why I hate winter. Um, but uh, the point is, is that it, it's a sad time to see the death of my favorite time of year and coming and transitioning into the worst time of year. Um, but the fall is very tricky because, or tricksy, as I would say, because there's so many good things that happen right now. Um, mm. like I'm a big, like butternut squash person. I'm a big, uh, squash person in general. I like, uh, pumpkins, pumpkin pie, pumpkin flavors, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and, little, and then, I, PSL. I, yeah, yeah. J- just like, yeah, that's like the, um, um, the stereotypical w- w- white ladies is that has the, uh, pumpkin spice lattes this time of year. Um, I say that only because I'm also one of those mm-hmm, and I get mm-hmm. those, yep. those pumpkin spice things. Um, I'm drinking right now. I just opened up a Sam Adams Jack, it's Jack O pumpkin ale. And I just took one swig, but I'm like, oh, it tastes so good. And cinnamon, I could add cinnamon to things and and whatnot. We're getting (laughs) apple fritters. Shelly's bringing home. And sure. So it, it, I want to be sad for the time, but I can't because everything else is also pretty great too. And then you obviously we have red leaves outside the the stuff outside the, the windows and, it's okay, but nice. don't be uh, don't be here any time sooner. Winter, you just you just stay away. Uh, hopefully, we'll get pumpkin <laughs> pie soon. Uh, how, I, how's your week been? Pretty good. I um, I have a brief little. Uh, for once, this is not my own brag. Although I did I did make some pretty decent mac and cheese for lunch with. Uh, um, I've I've taken some cues from our buddy Pete. And Wait, did you uh, use a uh, you know box craft or Velveeta kind? <laughs> it's sorry. Well, <laughs> I know that you both, both of those brands have. Yeah, they both have a sauce and a powder version. Yeah. Although I think Velveeta was the first to do the sauce version. I bought the sauce version for a long time, and I've started making the powdered version because I remembered that you can buy those lunchbox milks that uh, that don't spoil. Hmm? They're like ultra pasteurized or whatever. I didn't know that. Okay, and they're also. Like little, they're for putting in lunches, right? For kids going to school, so they don't. Um, they Are you talking about like the milk box. cartons? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, they're little. It's like a juice box, but milk. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Horizon makes them. They're uh, they're organic, and you don't have but, to, and you don't have um, to like free. You know, I them? didn't buy milk because. Yeah, I keep mine in the fridge just because I have a big fridge in my camper, mm. um, but. I also do um, uh, plain yogurt in the mix instead of uh, butter and uh, and use some of the pasta water so you get good cheese. And then I added shrimp 
to mind when I boiled the pasta and then put some Old Bay on it. That's a combination of uh, of Pete, Wisdom, and uh, our buddy Fox Wisdom, <laughs> with his Maryland seafood Old Bay uh, uh, obsessions. Yeah, the um, the uh, but making uh, good macaroni. My, my dad has a uh, has a pellet smoker. Yeah, for sure. So that was my. It's a pretty minor. It's a pr- pretty minor thing. But Dad got this pellet smoker this last summer, and he's been using it all the time. Right? It's like you plug it in. It's got the Wi-Fi. I think I've probably talked about it on the podcast before. But he did. Uh, you know, it's either it's either pulled pork or brisket. I'm not. I didn't watch him do it, so it's probably brisket. Um, but actually, in the amount of time he cooked it, it's probably pulled pork. Anyway, he made this pulled pork, and then um, we've got a, uh, a full-time RVer family staying here at the property while we all go to my sister's wedding this weekend. And so they made some really good um, like oven-baked mac and cheese to go with it. And so we had just this really good... like barbecue wait are you you, pulled pork and mac and cheese uh uh, for dinner tonight are your are your uh your parents doing the thing that you use kind of like that thing where like you people come and stay when you're going around and camping at stuff are are they like hosting stuff like that sort of they met this family i think at the big um uh the brand is called rectech that do these smokers um and my parents went to a big event for it i think it was in georgia somewhere and um so the family are staying here to take care of the dogs right because my parents have this dog business right and so they need you know it's more than just like having somebody house it there's like right yeah i don't know there there are like 10 dogs here between my parents business and also my sister has her own business my youngest sister has a, a business where she has corgis um so there are just a lot of dogs to take care of right like, right this is kind of a we need somebody somebody here for this time but for uh, sure how, how's that how's that uh how's that going on there for them is with is the dogs all happy being south instead of north i think so i think there's a you know there's a transition period they have a kind of temporary building they're using for a kennel and then they still have more dogs in the house than they would like because it's a you know it's a mobile home it's temporary actually the dogs and the humans are both in temporary dwellings <laughs> while uh you know they go i mean a, a process you're familiar with uh uh the process of building right yes, except right. instead of just building a house my parents are building a house a kennel and i think maybe like a big garage or something i don't know the plans keep changing and yeah i don't follow too closely because it doesn't really affect me directly um are they but, are they are uh, they building yeah, like a Yet, There's like they have like broken here. ground and things, or are they just still plant in the planning phases? It's mostly planning. I think they have uh, some of the excavating uh, has started. Oh, okay, cool. So it'll, it'll get there soon. Uh, and you are so that tells us that you're still yeah. in in the Bloomington area, in the Bedford, Bloomington, Ellettsville ish area, Monroe County, kind of. That's right. That's right. And um. Uh, we said we talked about you going at, going Lawrence, somewhere Lawrence County. Soon. Oh yeah, you have a wedding this weekend, and that's that's your that's your tie to keep you here, right? And then you're gonna saunter off into the rest of the country. Yep, yep, that's true. And and for reasons that are too complicated to explain, I'm still waiting on a on a uh, transition upgrade to my campground membership, um, and so I can't really 
leave until that's done. Um, so it'll be a couple more weeks. Oh, not nice. The end of the world. Well, yeah, we, we uh, obviously your friend group here likes to have you around for for the nice events, and maybe we'll have another tailgate right. with you or something when you're here. Um, unfortunately, we have a we have a, a like a bourbon uh, brew fest thing here, and I know you're a big whiskey guy, and it's sad that you're gonna miss that one. We'd love to have you have you here for that one, but I'll probably talk about it next week. I'm excited for that. Thanks. And um, what else do we got going on here? Uh, we want to start off with uh, our movie then. We can kind of jump into that right away. Why not? All right. This week we talked about what we talked about. We are about to talk about <laughs> a movie we watched, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Um, this is from, I want to say, 86. Uh, oh, that even feels later than I thought. Once again, I've I it's been a while since I've done this. It is eighty six. I think I looked it up while I was watching it. Um, and yet another Kurt Russell Michael pick. Yet another Kurt Russell pick. Um, let's do something a little different about this. Uh, with this, um, oh Kim Cattrall. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah. Um, I I will say I, I think sure... I think this is the. I think this is the last Kurt Russell movie of mine. I think that I have forced you to watch every one of my favorite <laughs> Kurt Russell ones. Your, for, your for, favorite, all your all your favorite Kurt, Kurt Russell. Yeah, movies. I, I don't I don't think there's any more. I think this is. I even you even watch Soldier, so that's that's a deep cut Kurt Russell one for me. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, okay. So you were gonna say uh, do a little bit different on this one. Um, what about what about saying like. One, I think we did something like this early on, but like one, one positive and one negative. Sure, I can start with the negative. Um, okay, go it, for it's it. hard. It, obviously, that's it's that's easier because this is a movie that's one of my favorites for sure. no good reason. I don't even have a good reason why it's my favorite. Um, it just is. Um, but the the negative I would start off with, I guess, is that. This, the, for the first time, I was really, really watching this with a critical eye, which I don't like to do with some of my favorite movies, right? Like, you don't, sure. if you've got a favorite show or a thing you watch, to kind of tear it apart kind of ruins it, which you don't want to ruin it. If you just enjoy it, keep enjoying it. Uh, but for the show, obviously, we, I want to be a little bit more critical eye. So I, this is the first time I looked at this one and kind of, and, and watched it like, okay, I can, why can't I, you know, recommend this to everybody and just, you know, right. preach it from the kind of, well, primarily because the script is written like a high school, um, stage play. <laughs> it's a high school stage play. They're just like reading lines like they're on the stage. And I, sure. I I'm not going to say Broadway. I'm going to say like you go to your high school thing. It's not great writing at all. It's pretty terrible writing. Now, sure. The caveat to that is the lines are great. And because they're just the way they're performed by the, pe the people who are performing them, it's fantastic. Mm. Um, so you put a, just bad lines and bad writing throughout the whole thing. And then they, you know, you have them delivered by Kurt Russell or uh, Kim Cattrall, the guy who plays Eddie or um, who's the, who's the actual main guy. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Lu Lupin. Uh, Lopan. No, no, no. That's the, that's the bad guy. The, um, the bad guy. Uh, oh, his buddy. Oh, why are you trying to um, Egg. 
Egg Shen? No, I like Egg. No, no, he, it's it's his buddy, like the guy that he goes with the whole, whole um, time. I like. I, I appreciate all of like you're pulling Wang, the, the Wang. Wang is that? It's Wang. It's what it is. Yeah, Wang Shi. Yeah, he he. Uh, um, you know, he, he that that actor delivers the lines. You know, I want to say if they're over the top, but I think almost everybody feels like they're over the top delivering these stage lines. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so so it that's not good. I mean, it, that's definitely a negative about this thing. Is it's it's not any kind of great writing in any way, and it's just like I could just close your eyes and see that they're reading the words, you know, how they're written on the script. Um, sure. And now the good thing, the one good thing I'd say about this is that I love the lines. There's so many things sure. that I quote every sure. minute that are so stupid. And so great, you know the, the the stuff about when he goes he goes on his diatribes as he's talking on the CBs, you know, um, right. or he's he's talking he's trying to talk to his insurance agent and he's like, and I don't want to hear act of God, you know, <laughs> St- just total stupid things like that are fantastic, and they're left and right, and they're just constantly coming, and every single thing Jack Burton says is just you know. Come on, Wang. You know, race notwithstanding, you know, we're just a bunch of friends here, which this movie has some very bad dated race things in it. Yeah, yep, the whole thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's chock a block full of these characters. And each person is a super character. I want to point out one where um, the exposition, again, is just like a stage presentation. They come up and she mm-hmm. says, I'm Gracie Law, law lawyer. She describes who she is, what her is, and what her <laughs> motivations are. You know, And then the, the, the news reporter comes in and she says, this, which I don't even know why she's even in the show. She just comes in and says, I'll do anything to get the story. I'll do anything to get us. I was like, wait, <laughs> is that a thing that really happened? Do I remember her saying, I'll do anything to get a story? Like, that's not a thing people in real life say. <laughs> none of the um, things that they say in this movie are like real no, life things li- people li- say. Li- literally none of it. Um, cre- cre- eyes of Creamy Jade. It's like looking into it. You're like, what are you saying? The dragon, the, the green eyes. So much about the green eyes. So much about so, the green eyes. So my, let's see. Um, boy, there are, there were a lot of things. Uh, let me pick one. Let me just Oh boy, I don't I don't even know. Like I was I was trying to focus more on finding a positive thing that I can't I can't pick a negative thing. One thing, it's one of those things that like when I'm watching a movie with somebody and they notice a thing like this, it annoys me. But if I notice it, then it it I always notice it and it bugs me, right? It always okay. uh is is distracting. Um uh Jack Burton, Kurt Russell is constantly wielding this SMG, this little <laughs> stupid Uzi like, looking gun, right? That's At the part hip. of his character design. I'm I'm sure. Every time he fires it, it sounds like a revolver in a western. It's like a big bang with a ricochet sound, single shot. I'm yep, like, yeah, nothing about that is the right gun. He might as well have a a, a western Colt 45 and it be making automatic shotgun sounds. Like it's so wrong. It's I am so not wrong. a gun guy by any means i know that i just rattled off four kinds of guns but like <laughs> i played goldeneye and stuff like i don't own any guns i'm not a gun guy but i'm like that is the wrong sound for that guy 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah and that's that's perfect for what's great about this movie is that it i think they're trying to make a movie but are they making a parody or a farce or you know it almost yeah, feels it, like it's so far 
it reminded me a lot of when we watched Ender the Dragon, mm-hmm. right? This kind of like, here's this genre. It's really, t- except where, and like, so I don't know if I, I don't know if I even said my, my one good thing. I think there, as you said, there are a lot of good, like one-liner lines. Um, a lot of the special effects and visual effects i think are impressive for the time yeah there's clearly a stylized special kind of thing they're doing and i'm not talking about that one lightning effect Mm -hmm. that is all over the place in this movie we (laughs) saw it a lot in highlander it's in like every fourth or fifth episode of star trek next generation it's like somebody figured out how to do lightning uh on on video and we just ran with it. It's it's the very first effect in the first, like the soft open to this show. He like egg does the lightning in his hands. Yeah. They're proud of that. They're proud of that. Like in that prologue when they're like magic exists, look lightning, Mm -hmm. lightning. What What movie? He doesn't say lightning, but he's like, look, magic is real. And I'm like, what movie am I about to watch? <laughs> there's, um, there's the, there's the effect we want to show you because it's, it's cool. We're so proud of it. Right? We're, we're going to use it many times along with a lot, a lot of wire fights. I, I, so, I will say real quickly with that before you move on is that the okay. the Raiden esque character that does the lightning, that bad guy, he he <laughs> yeah. is Raiden was modeled off him, like the Mortal Kombat Raiden. So they okay. saw this movie, that guy, and they're like, we want that guy in our mortal in our in our fighting game. In a way, in the way that um, whoever is based on um, um, Bruce Lee characters, yeah, I think uh, yes, Luke Kang, and then they get the Luke the, Kang. I, I, the I'm Dutch sure there's guy. one in I'm sure there's one in Mortal Kombat. There's probably one in Street Fighter. I yeah. know there's one in um, uh, in Dead or Alive, and, yeah. and, and Johnny Johnny Cage, the Hollywood like guy. Every yeah. every fighting game has that Bruce Lee. I mean, of course, it's Bruce Lee. Right. Right. That makes perfect sense. But to me, you, I could really see where this movie fits in the timeline from Bruce Lee to like the Crouching Tiger stuff mm-hmm. and whatever has come after that. Right. Right. And then like, yeah, right, Jackie yeah. Chan is somewhere in the like in there, yeah, a somewhere. parallel line because mm-hmm. because Jackie Chan is still I mean. I don't know how much of this he's doing now. I've not seen the last movie he did or that I remember seeing a trailer for trailer for, which was some kind of taken esque story. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Right. It was, it was he's a father looking for his son or something like that. Right. Um, but Jackie Chan very much was the Bruce Lee style of um, like fantastic realism. Right, where you're like yeah. he's doing all his own stunts. It's all very like he's doing crazy, impressive stuff. But for the most part, nobody's fighting on wires or flying or or yeah. any of that kind of stuff. It's just very impressive martial arts right. stunt work. Um, where this went the other way, probably more um, um, ridiculous and outlandish than the Crouching Tiger stuff. Uh, but it's still early in special effects. You're just like. Yeah. He's flying. He's flying. Am I watching the Matrix? Except there's no, <laughs> there's no the... excuse. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I remembered. I remembered what I was going to say was, my, and I already wasted it on the gun sound effect. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the gun sound effect a nitpick, okay? Because it, re- it really is. Um, the good, the good thing for me, I think, is 
that the that the, for as bad as the writing is, there are all of these good quips and one-liners, um, almost to the point that I I constantly found myself wondering whether somebody else could have played this lead, <laughs> and I kept imagining Harrison Ford delivering these lines and doing like I don't think Harrison Ford ever played quite as um, like flippant. Not not flippant because like Han Solo is definitely flippant, but like like I don't know that I I've seen Harrison Ford play a truck driver, right? <laughs> Kurt Russell sure. is playing this like this like I'll say blue collar, right? Mm-hmm. Like very earthy, you know, man of the people kind of person. Definitely, where yeah. Harrison Ford is usually a, just a little too smug for those kind of roles. Like I'm thinking about Indiana Jones, right? He's a college professor. He's that kind of. And so I think he could have played this kind of role where like, you know, Jack Burton is walking around like, what's that? What was that? Who's he? What's going like, he's lost the whole movie, (laughs) the whole Um, movie that that I think he's just there that that I think Harrison Ford could have pulled off. But my, my big negative is similar to the conversation we had last week about your name. I'm like, nothing is ever explained. And when it is explained, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. (laughs) Nonsense. Like worse than back to the future. Kind of like it's here and he's got to find this girl and he's got to marry her and maybe kill her. We're not sure which, but the only thing that matters (laughs) is she has green eyes. And once he does this, then he'll be mortal flesh again and also he's immortal because of reasons because of a curse (laughs) two thousand years and it's just like explain 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 and then like stuff is explained several times and it still is nonsense it's it's nonsense okay this is the third time i've heard this explained because they explained it to us uh lopan explained it to his his subordinates and then egg is explaining it again to jack and it just it's it doesn't it never makes more sense each time they explain it again, I, I would I would say it has hit that like that negative is so prevalent that that makes it a positive. Like it, it's it's flipped, you know. Sure. It, it hits so yeah. bad that they, it's kind of like when we talk about Ping Pong Summer or Kung Fury mm-hmm. or those movies. They're like, okay, it is so intentionally what you would call bad, or you know, that that it's it's got to be intentional, right? It's got to be. It's. It's, it's got to be. I can't, to, can't think that John yeah. Carpenter looked at this and like, like if they said, okay, well, let's have a brainstorming session about one. Like, I think they just were intentionally trying to like not care. Right. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that it was John Carpenter. That makes a lot of sense with the, <laughs> the visual effects and things that mm-hmm. he um, would uh, either had or would go on to use. In the thing, and why can't I find in, that? in the thing? I think the thing was before this. I think it was like late seventies. Right, so he took because he took his stuff with the the monsters. You you can tell are very eighties looking monsters. See, that's another thing too. Is like this had random monsters in it. It's just that I, beholder that was the there beholder. For, yeah, they, they didn't call it that. They called it something else. But yeah, eighty two to eighty six. So he used his experience from the thing. Um, to do some of the the visual effects for this. It reminded me of when we watched Christmas Chronicle, speaking of (laughs) Kurt Russell, um, where a lot of things happened in that movie where I was like, this is dumb. But then I tried to put myself in the mind of like a 12, 11 to 13, like a 
a tween boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, if if 11 year old me watched this or 12 or 13 year old me, I would have said, that's awesome. I totally right? agree. Yes. Right. I, yes. I loved Back to the Future 3 when yes. I was that age. Yes. Um, it's it's that exact. That, that's uh, a per- that's a perfect statement. Thing. I think I think, uh, you know, this is a wonderful 13 year old. Movie. I mean, again, racism. Uh, periodic period racism i take right, that out right um i yeah. take that but besides that it's it's a, a fantastic why are you thinking you know it's a saturday morning cartoon thing right i don't yeah. want to think too hard about why transformers and septicons are fighting you know mm-hmm. um yeah. you just you just want to see the fight type stuff you know you want to see jack burton doing shooting that uzi that making revolver sounds you, know, you just wanted this terrible kind of type stuff it's, it's fun um and one of the things that that actually makes it all work because all that could be really just sit in the negative parts of it. But I think what makes it work mm-hmm. are the actors doing the characters and they're sure. just such characters. They're, they're performing them. Like I said, like they're on a <laughs> stage play where they're just completely their own isolated people. And I'm going to point out people that are amazing. Uh, Gracie law, like what, what, what does she even add to the story Except that she is just this Gracie Law character, right? She's the she's a damsel in distress, but, but she's like not always like, like a the, sort of a sort of Princess Leia kind of like she's a damsel, but she's not girly. Like she's still pretty, like um, uh, like has some agency and some kind of boldness in her character more yeah. than like you go back to like Hitchcock era damsels. Um, and she's just, she meets Jack like word for word, quip for quip the whole, the whole time. Yeah. Uh, when, when they first meet, like he tries to like in the airport, he's like, Hey, do you mind? She's like, no, <laughs> he turns around like, okay, then would you ever like jump in this? And she's like, you know, she completely ignores him or tosses him off or like, Oh, if you were me, you'd smell like it's Miller time or something. She just bashes him the whole time. <laughs> um, and, uh, which, which I love. And then she's like her, yeah. she's a lawyer, right? She's a lawyer named Gracie law. Um, mm-hmm. which is just phenomenal, you know, and she, she, that, so that's a character. Uh, Egg Shin is like Victor Wong plays him and he is just like a character in his own state. Wang is the hero. We talked about this kind of last week, right? How right. Uh, I, I mentioned, watch this show without Jack being the lead. Wang is actually the lead in this. Um, sure. he's heroic. He gets the girl. He's the one fighting for the girl. He's doing all the noble things. Uh, he has all the hero lines. Jack are, could have stuff. the girl, but he's like, nah, nah. <laughs> he's on solo. He's or he's the sidekick. You yeah. know, is, is what he yeah. is. Uh, yeah, Jack Burton is definitely the sidekick in this movie, and everything Wang does is noble and heroic, uh, or or cool. And and you know, he ha- even has all the. He fights the main bad guy. He mm-hmm. he does all the karate moves. You know, he he does all the right stuff, and the actor delivers the lines like a cheesy hero does. Um, So, so his character is also just such a unique cheesy character. Uh, Lopan is so like the old Lopan and new Lopan. Oh my God. Just over the top, over the top, every, every bit. Um, I uh, was, I was sure. And this is just me being white or whatever. I was sure that one of these guys is the, is the neighborhood guy in um kim's convenience 
the one Chinese guy in that. Oh yeah, that I show, talking among about, yeah. all the the Koreans and a handful like all of uh, Mr. Kim's friends are they're like one of each different nationality. Yeah, nationality. He, he has a um, he has a Chinese friend and an Indian friend. And yeah, which is co- great because they show. Yeah, you know they would be just in a neighborhood of of Asian immigrants there in in Toronto, right? In, in real life, Toronto's, right. Toronto's like the New York of of uh, of Canada, but as I understand it, that people keep their culture more than that's more accepted than it is mm. than it is in the U.S. But anyway, I don't mean make that political point. But I was like, this guy, he looks like, and of course, there's you know almost forty years between uh, thirty five years between that and this, and I'm like, could this guy, if he's like thirty years older, have been? Um, Mr. Chen or whatever in uh in mm-hmm. convenience and I looked on I looked on IMDb because you can do an advanced search like who, what actors were in both of these two things and there are none and I'm like okay that's on me <laughs> my bad <laughs> oh yeah not, not not a good one the the uh and and I want to say that they don't try hard it, 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 to say they don't try hard in the script kind of insults the writers in that they didn't it feels like they intentionally made these some of these choices like they intentionally made they're called like the uh the wing kong and Mm. the guy's name is wang chi and (laughs) you know they're just like almost they feel like they're intentionally caricatures of of everything i mean jack burton the guy the lead's name is jack right um yeah i mean it it kind of it kind of is, and that that reinforces that point um, we were making earlier about how this is really like, um, like I don't want to say a movie for kids, but like an adventure movie for teens. Like it's supposed to be kind of ham-fisted, kind of on the nose, right? I think, right. I, I I do think all of that was very intentional. Yeah, as you're like you said, a thirteen-year-old boy watching this or 13 year old kid either way it's you know that they're called, the bad guys are the death something or other right you, <laughs> you know who they are the yeah. the bad people are all wearing black and the good guys are you know wearing white or have the white things you know um so the red sashes it's all very very open thunder and lightning flat. and rain thunder lightning and rain correct um which which so that kind of wrapping this all up together makes what I love about it. It's just so simple and easy and straightforward. And every other line is said by one of these crazy characters back to back to back being their crazy characters. Um, and then, and then you just have Jack interjecting his, his, you know, quips constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and every time I'm, I'm doing it, I just find myself, repeating those quips in real life, you know, all the time I'll hear them. And, and I, I mentioned that the check is in the mail thing. Um, uh, and I love how at the end, double. yeah, how, at the, how, I love how at the end, the, um, Oh, another thing too, is I like when Jack, I want to say one of my favorite scenes is when Jack and Wang are tied up and Lopan comes in and he's the old man and Jack mm-hmm. is just not having any of it and doesn't believe right. anything. And he's just like <laughs> cutting down the, this evil sorcerer guy and he just has no no respect for anything, and you can see that Wang is like terrified, and and everybody's talking about David Lopan as this eternal being, and Jack's like whatever you geriatric fool or something. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I loved, I love how inept Jack Burton is the whole movie. Just yeah, so so you know, and he'll what every time he goes to have 
He also has, by the way, as a sidekick, has all the comic relief stuff. When he goes right. in to like shoot somebody, his gun will fail, or he goes to hit somebody, he misses or something. Um, it's he he never gets the he never gets the heroic moment that that Wang gets to have. True, uh, true. which is again, it's just subversive and really fun. So, yeah, this is still one of my one of my favorites, but not for any real reason. Uh, this is out of spoilers into synopsis. Not not any real reason, yeah. except that it's just easy and lighthearted. I I will I can't I won't, won't deny any of the 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 racist type stuff. I'm not inadvertently like evil racism type stuff, but just of the '80s misconceptions of what Chinese yeah, culture just, is, or just casual you know. stereotyping and yeah yeah that kind and, of stuff that was really prevalent in that era, right. Um, justified or right or not or wrong, it's it. You know, I, I accept that and see that and realize that. But trying to put some of that aside, the movie is. You had mentioned for eleven to thirteen year old kids um, to like watch a easy adventure movie and love every minute of it. Um, it's not complicated. It's not hard <laughs> in any way. Um, so th- still thumbs up for me. Um, as an adult, who would I recommend it to? To adults I like. You know, have a nice, um, have a nice uh, Jameson before you watch this, and and <laughs> be chill out, and don't don't worry too much, and you'll have an, an enjoyable time, I think. Yeah, it's kind of a product of its time. I don't think, you know, I think I I talked to our buddy Fox, who you know talks and thinks a lot about movies. He said he didn't care for it. He thinks he watched it too late. Mm-hmm. Um, although that being said, I don't I don't know that a twelve thirteen year old watching it now would be able to appreciate it. Oh, being that's true. As, that's true. As solidly in the '80s as it is, yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, if you're looking that's for true. like a ping pong summer kung fu kind of dumb fun movie, and I don't mean that derogatorily, I just am, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, no, as yeah. an observation. Um, or if you're really like, you know, as we talk about movies, um, that are significant in the history of film, is the way I like to say it. Yeah. Um. Uh, films that inspired other filmmakers. Um, this is probably one of those, especially if you're going through a history of like action and martial arts kind of movies, mm-hmm. then it might be um, valuable for that reason. Um, or again, if you just, if you just want to kick back and watch a ping pong summer nonsensey kind of movie, a hundred percent. And you're a fan yeah. of this era. Yeah. The, the, uh, um, the thing you should not do is ever watch Big Trouble Little China with a discerning eye. Like, don't go into it at all, it, <laughs> sure. you know, thinking like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to weigh this based on opinions or thoughts or do whatever. Like, if you're even considering weighing this movie for anything, then you're 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 going to setting up yourself up to, to not enjoy it. Right. Um, so but but if you can just relax and watch for all the things Dennis just said. Yeah, that's that's the right way to watch this movie. So, yeah, still thumbs up for me. Um, but that could be just me. I, I would encourage people to watch it when they like for just, you know, for fun. Um, and, and it is a great thing to watch in the background. It's like definitely one to have just on, you know, um, because you don't really, <laughs> as Dennis said, kind of in spoilers, there isn't really any sense to the plots or what's going on in general. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, like enter the dragon. I've not seen all Bruce Lee movies. In fact, that's the only one I've seen. But it's a it's similar kind of thing where you're like, there's just enough plot here to get Bruce Lee to where he can 
beat up a bunch of bad guys. Um, and yeah. That's, and that's, that's it. Pr- that, that's pretty much all you yeah, need. Right. Uh, so we, we kind of had to spring this on you, but you, you've got our challenge for next week. What, what are you thinking? You've got a, a big travel weekend wedding thing. So what, what are we going to watch on this one? I do. I'm going to I'm gonna do something a little. I might have to find a, a window of time to watch this, but um, I think I can I can manage it. I've had this on my my side of the list for a while now. Uh, and I know very little about it, except that it came up a lot when I was uh, listening to audiobooks and things about writing and filmmaking. Um, it's a movie called Chinatown. Okay. Uh, I know that I'm going from Ch- China, China to China. To, yeah. To China, Chinatown, Chinatown. Um, uh, Roman Polanski, Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, John Huston. Um, so this, this one is a classic. Um, I don't know... I really don't know much about it. It looks like a kind of noir detective kind of story. Okay. Um, and so I think it's going to be very different from <laughs> Big Trouble Little China, despite the similarities of the names. <laughs> and also being, you know, 12 years apart. This is from the 70s. Um, so, yeah. I, I uh, th- This Chinatown. is actually pretty it's good. On, I... uh, it's on HBO Max. Okay. I uh this is actually pretty good and and this was not intentional in any way. You pick I didn't, one I didn't know what you were going to pick and then I didn't think about this when I thought about Big Turtle. But um coming up at the end of October, I'm actually going to be going out to uh the Adobe Max conference out in Los Angeles and I plan on spending at least uh one of my extra days I'm going to be there to go to Chinatown. Um I've been there okay, before sure. and yeah. I really enjoyed it. So this is actually good timing for this. It's kind of setting me yes. up, getting me in the mood and to go visit the real place. Nice. I'm assuming this Chinatown is the L.A. Chinatown. There's so many different ones. In- it says Southern California, so I, I think it's the L.A. Yeah, probably the L.A. Which, which is uh, my short, cool story of China. One, one of many cool stories of Chinatown is that if you ever go there, you can periodically duck into like a nondescript little shop and then that everything's just kind of overpacked into this little room. And then in the mm-hmm. back, there's usually a door that's open and just goes you into the, like a bazaar in an alleyways and stuff that has stalls everywhere and into a okay. maze of stuff. And you're like, what is happening? Where am I? And then you come out of this maze of stalls that it's completely enclosed in these alleyways. Um, and then you come out in another little shops and you walk out and you're like, where am I at all of a sudden? Um, so Chinatown has several of those little hidden alleyway back street. And definitely those, those little stalls back there are things that are, Every knockoff purse and things you could possibly buy is there. Um, sure. But uh, those are, I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time in those kind of shops this next time. Nice. Just super fun. Nice. I, oh, I bought, in one of those, I bought, I had an intentional thing. Um, when I, last time I, I was there, the movie, the Disney movie um, Tangled was out. And okay, sure. that they have those like Chinese lanterns. It's a big part of that movie that kind of goes up into the sky yeah right yeah Uh, and my kid had really loved that show and so Mm -hmm. i was going to bring her back definitely look bring her back one of those from chinatown and i found one back in that bazaar and it was kind of like tucked away in a box behind the things like oh can i buy this and like oh sure um and i found out why they don't have those everywhere they're very very dangerous um they're just very they're just a light very very lightweight um like rice paper type with, thing with flame inside with flame and it's a it's a circular it looks like a bathroom cake but like a donut shape 
and it's all like paraffin yeah. or whatever it's called that like is highly flammable mm-hmm. held with wires um so you you held you i went to i brought it home and we were so excited we went in the outside in the corner in the street and i lit it and i was holding it and then it caught the 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 thing caught fire like it's supposed to but it immediately caught the rice paper it's like whoosh, just bonfire oh, wow. of of yeah. fire everywhere i was like well that's dangerous as hell um mm-hmm. went up real fast so you know obviously i'm just not good at that but it, you know it was cool and uh definitely a buy it and use it your own risk type thing sure cool all right um let's see i have picked up a couple of new ish shows lately yeah? uh there's a third season of all creatures great and small just started that mm. series continues to be excellent yeah um just i mean i've gushed about that show but like the writing the acting the sets the costuming like it's top to bottom just so so masterfully made um that's like uh, um that's like uh i i obviously right now why i'm watching this is i I watch a couple episodes of the crown same kind of thing mm, it's just like sure how you explain it besides just watch it it's just masterfully done masterfully acted good acting good writing good stuff like that you know yeah um, I picked up a series, uh, our buddy Pete recommended to me. I think it's another, uh, Apple TV, um, show made in Britain. Cause I was talking about Ted Lasso cause they won, uh, several Emmys again for, for the second season. Um, including I when their uh, next one the, is. the funeral episode, which, mm, yeah. um, uh, spoilers has one of the characters singing the Rick Astley song. Never going to give you up. I'm like, they won best comedy episode or whatever that award was for a, an, an episode of tv with the brick roll in it like, <laughs> right, right that's that tells you almost everything and you know just gushing about how wholesome it is and so pete recommended that i should watch or that anybody should watch um this show it's a british english show um called trying okay i think i have one episode of it left and i don't know how many seasons they're gonna do i think it's it's like a year or two old so it could still be could still be ongoing and like i said i haven't finished it um it's about a married couple who i think are in their early 30s um who are trying to have kids okay and and so it does this thing where things get kind of bleak right you're like they meet other parents who have kids and they see what it's like to have kids it's not all as magical as it seems and then you know they keep of course they have fertility issues which is sort of the whole premise and then they're in the process of um adoption and and nothing they know about it you know everything they think they know about it is wrong um and they're you know they have their families that all have their own like weird sort of issues and it gets just like down 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 through most of the whole episode and then usually so far i think there was one like two episode segment where there was one episode that was almost all a bummer and then the next episode was much more upbeat usually it's contained in a single episode where it's kind of a bummer for a while and then something or several things will happen in the last five ten minutes that are just really ted lasso kind of wholesome you know feel good kind of stuff and i'm like this is really like they're threading this needle really well right um, and so it's it's not necessarily something i could i would recommend to everybody because it's a really specific 
premise. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And speaking of Ted Lasso there, evidently they, they had planned on season three to be this last release this last summer. And evidently production delays, they still haven't started even filming it yet. So it makes me sad. I went to, to see hmm. when, when is it coming out? They're like, well, someday. Um, well, and, and we know one of the actors is in a Marvel movie. Upcoming. Oh, yeah? So I don't want to spoil tell me, it. Tell me it's Coach. Or not coach, yeah, uh Coach Beard. <laughs> no, not that I not that I know of. Um uh, well. uh, you know who I'm talking about, you've probably just forgotten. Probably. Um, um the oh I know who you're talking about. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. That's probably puts a little thing into it stuff. Um right. they also had planned to shoot at uh, the Chelsea Leagues, it's the home turf, it's for the, the um in Stanford. Um mm-hmm. they the I guess the, something about the Russian invasion of R- R- Ukraine, the club's owner was a Russian oligarch and had to sell the team, oh. et cetera. So that's also caused all sorts of problems where, where they're shooting. Um, so yeah, Ted Lasso will. There's a funny, there's a funny sort of thing. I forget what episode this was, but there was an episode of the Omnibus podcast um, where they were talking about sports, like footballers, soccer players. Mm-hmm. And, um, or no, they were talking about names and team colors and stuff in the U.S., mostly for NFL and NBA. And there's a funny thing where a lot of teams, not a lot of teams, but a handful of teams started in the 90s, like in the 80s and 90s. And the team owners or whoever set the team colors based on what was fashionable at the time. Yeah. And it's very difficult to change that later. And so there are a handful of professional sports teams in the U.S. that have these gaudy 90s era colors a lot of teal and purple i'm thinking about like um orlando magic and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um maybe the seahawks to an extent some of those um or they were i don't know there it was something in seattle but there's a funny thing where of course in the u.s there's a lot of corporate money behind professional sports yeah. And that's true in international sports too, except they do a thing that we don't do where the companies get to put their logos on the uniforms. Right. The way that like well, unless NASCAR, you're NASCAR. Yeah. like NASCAR does with their cars. Yeah. Uh but for us, like in the US, we're like, oh no, we're not like we'll rename the stadium and people are still kind of grumpy about that, but we won't like the the individual player instead the the players that do really well or whatever they'll do all these commercials right like um well all of them like peyton manning did it uh, yeah um, right aaron Rodgers with his state farm double check stuff like they'll do commercials like that but they can't have logos on their uniforms so yeah. weird like like where is that line drawn uh, <laughs> uh kind of thing that's uh, and i am certain at some point in some day in the future they'll probably erase that line they'll probably change yeah yeah Someone, someone um, offers them a billion dollars, like, okay, sure, we'll be the, you know, right. Indianapolis Anheuser Busch's, right? What I mean, I don't, yeah, they don't change the team name. It's just a, you know, they that's a whole subplot in in season two of Ted Lasso where they've got Air, uh, Dubai or whatever the. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the um, another thing about the insider stuff of Ted Lasso is that um, they're you know pretty adamant about it being three and done. And uh, they were setting out mm. to be that. And, you know, I'm a big, I've always said I'm a fan of that, having a story, telling the story and putting it in there. And 
Sure. Uh, the fact that they give us uh, three seasons instead of like one two-hour show is nice to to do that. Um, and I enjoy that. But the word is that the pressure of that, considering especially since they've won their two seasons that they have out, have won Emmys <laughs> and big awards, yeah. and they're so yeah. beloved, that the pressure for ending it um, is very high. And so the writers are constantly doing rewrites and changing mm -hmm. major arcs and stuff because they have such you know pressure to do it right. And if you are very fond of saying, and rightfully so, is endings are hard. Um, so, yeah. how, how, you know, I can't imagine the pressure cooker that the writers are in to have a three-season show where two of the three so far have been huge award winners, and now you have to write the third and final one. So yeah. that's yeah. the pretty much definition of difficult landing to stick. Um, yeah. Yeah, so sure. that's another thing that's delayed it. Uh, significantly is, is that thing. So I don't blame them for it. And uh, I am happy for them to take their time, obviously, as we always say, but you know, if, eventually it does get to the point where one, your actors are older and two, it, you forget even the show. Right. Um, which right. I think is a danger with a lot of shows is that if you, if you don't put them out in a reason, people lose interest and then you go back and you're like, eh, you know, I forget or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's too much, there's too much to watch now for people to to stick with stuff uh, indefinitely. Yeah, and, and if you come back, let's say you do come back with a third good th good third season, but if you do it five years later, not saying it is, but if you release a show five years later, um, then now you're just watching one se season in isolation. I always feel this way about Stranger Things, um, mm. that you know, if they had kind of been back you know year to year to year, then they would have been great. Um, I think I would have kept my interest, but you know, when a new one comes out, I just forget why I was excited about them at all. And then, so they feel like they're in isolation each season. Sure. Um, like you're watching a whole new show. You're watching a whole new show, but then it's not a whole new show. Right. And, you know, so. There's, st there's still carryover character development and. and yeah. And, stuff. And, and I had that, my first one I've said multiple times is, is um, I had that real big problem with Battlestar Galactica. That was due to the writer's strike, but that mm. was the first time I noticed was where these large gaps in seasons, you know, years went by without another season. And then yeah. I lost complete interest. It didn't know what was going on. And then it changed. And if it wasn't great, if you misstep, then it, it tanks the whole thing. Like, right. Right. Cause yeah. you could have wonderful stuff before, but you take so long to have this one. We watch it now. And that's, that's all we're going to remember, you know, uh, which is what happened with that show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, sorry. The other, the other thing that I've started watching is a show, a series that uh, our buddy Trotsky talks about once in a while called Joe Para Talks With You. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of that. No. Um, I'd never heard of it either. And the title didn't, didn't tell me anything. It sounded to me like, I don't know, Joe Rogan or something. Okay. Um, it's, it's difficult to describe. It's somewhere between... It's not quite ASMR. There are moments of it that are a little bit ASMR adjacent, uh, if you know what ASMR means. I don't know if I've talked about that on the show. Yeah. Um, it's really more like like the first or second wave or generation of YouTube, except with like TV production, not high budget TV, but like low budget TV. Um the the 
titular character is the guy. That's his real name. Um, and he's playing a character that's has his same name, Joe Para, who is a choir teacher, high school choir teacher in a town in uh, UP, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And okay. he does these episodes where he talks to the camera. He talks to the audience um, just about life. And he's a real, like, kind of nerdy, boring guy. Um, just real, like, high like an actual high school science or choir teacher. Yeah. He's a choir teacher. But it's like like an actual high school science teacher who's just kind of dull and boring, like Murray from Stranger Things, except without all the quirky conspiracy theory kind of stuff that 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 character has um he's just a normal guy and he talks and it's like uh it's just a really unique thing like you watch it and you're like what what am i watching but it's kind of relaxing and like put it on the background and he's gonna talk about um um stuff and he's like at the diner and he's trying to decide what he's gonna have for breakfast and they've got pie and he's like since i'm an adult i can have pie for breakfast <laughs> anytime you want but right. as an adult i need to make good choices <laughs> um that's true and it's 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 all that kind of stuff it's very entertaining well, worst part about being adult uh, uh somewhat so on, on a side note for that comment um i had a buddy of mine who said he as an adult he decided that he's going to eat his dessert first every time right i was like oh i guess that's cool <laughs> uh, that's one way to live your life yeah yeah like he's like i always eat and i get too full and never have room for my dessert so i want to eat my dessert first and then i'll have the, the meal afterwards because like, i'm an adult and i can choose to do what i want to do like, i went okay sure, um, sure. where was I? I forget what else i was doing but i went to a restaurant in pennsylvania one time and i never get dessert at restaurants like you know it's it's already fairly yes, expensive. Yes, almost never. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm already going to take of a whole half pie of, for one piece. Half of the half of the food home, like I don't need this. And then the the server came by and she was like, you know, do you want this and this and I'm like, you know what? I am going to do that. <laughs> um and it was like it was like peanut butter cheesecake or something, you know, right. really sort of rich and decadent. But I'm like, I'm in a camper by myself. I don't buy or bake things i do you know, mm -hmm. buy snack foods and stuff that i shouldn't but i was out and i was like you know what i'm, a, I'm gonna do it i'm gonna go for it that's true you don't I'm, i i don't think you don't have an oven in that thing right no i did um a lot of rvs have ovens mine does not um i did get a microwave that has a convection um like heating element in it so i could yeah. do like toaster oven scale baking i might at some point try to do like i don't know a, a small pizza or something like that in mm -hmm. there um but uh yeah that yeah. i i enjoy like my oven and stove are some of my happy points places so <laughs> that that I, I i i just realized i mean and as much as a cooker like a cooker a chef like you like to cook a lot mm -hmm. um it's something i know of you that you've always been good at and that you always enjoy and I just now, for some reason, realize that that's not something that you do a lot of when you're actually in your your house thing. Um, never thought about that. 
So no, no uh, homemade apple pies for you, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I maybe could make, but that seems like a whole, a whole thing. I don't know if I want, if I would want to run it long enough to make a pie. But uh, <laughs> I want to run, run the thing long enough to make a pie. Yeah, I, yeah. I end up making simpler things on the road because I'm just cooking for myself. Like it's a lot of work to like, yes, you know, yes, make multiple things and sides and stuff just for one person. Like it's that's the kind of thing that scales you know pretty nicely that there's not a lot like the difference between cooking for one person and cooking for four people is pretty negligible like Mm -hmm. maybe you're gonna have to chop up a little more veggies or whatever yeah um but a lot of stuff flattens out like you know you make pasta for four in the exact same amount of time yeah um, as it takes to make pasta for one and i also don't have a ton of space in terms of like countertop for yeah. prep work and all that stuff and so i end up doing more like it's almost it's all i mean because i just got the oven thing it's all stovetop stuff and then it's more like you know make some fried rice in the wok or make some ramen and you know but with a, a little more dressed up or like the, the mac and cheese i was talking about earlier yeah the the um um th- the thing i now that we're in a family of four that we've got here in the house um I, I cooked for, see, I lived with, uh, you know, when I was married, I had a family of four and that was great. Uh, I didn't do as much cooking, but I, uh, you know, as, as much as I do now. And then when I moved out with the girl, we had the girls, it was just the three of us. And then it got down to the two of us with Sydney and I, and cooking for two is still very difficult because everything, at least in America, when you do a lot of stuff is really proportioned for four people, um, sure, recipes yeah. and things are so you you have a lot of stuff or you you buy even meals if you bought meals they're like they're a lot and they're for four people uh, it's nice having you know cooking now and having it all almost all gone you know mm-hmm. that everybody you deal out four portions and you've used up all the stuff and that feels to me feels pretty great like i made the right amount um right of stuff because it's you know yes leftovers and things but that's that's always um, something uh, nice about having a family of four is that, that everything is proportioned that way for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did find it very annoying with two. You know, I go to make a recipe and I, I always I had used this D&D cookbook that I talked about before. It has some really wonderful recipes, but it's always so much. Um, you can't always just have a, a recipe. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, sometimes you can, but it's like, oh, use one onion but you're like what do i do with this other half i mean an onion's pretty easy yeah no that's but, a that's a perfect example then i've got half an onion sitting in there and i and store right. it away because i might use it but i not really because it's going to go bad and fresh and, produce goes bad so fast and then you feel bad for buying something and not using it and now it's wasted yeah and it, sadly it's it's not cheap which is the sad right, part about right. it you know that buying a whole bunch of stuff um you know squash and cucumbers and bell peppers and things like that is not is not so cheap so it goes fast so bad and then you you make it into stuff and you waste it uh so anyway my point was that having a family four is the right universal recipe number it seems for some reason and that's and and i now it's nice to have that um (laughs) i I think if it was just me i would probably eat out a whole lot more (laughs) i think um probably it's 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 cheaper and i'm sure i've talked about that one of the things that i appreciate most about being on the road is you get in and out of a restaurant so fast so fast as, I bet, as yeah. one person yeah you, you just you can go anywhere and just get in yeah when when sid's gone and it was just me in the summer i totally feel the same way you know you go in and uh sure i'll just sit at the bar and order my thing and then leave you know uh, it's, it's totally great 
Uh, okay, so what, what do we got set? So this week I got to play some Total Warhammer 3. Total War Warhammer 3. It's a war game. Um, it's been out a while, like a year or so now. Um, but I actually got to sit down and play a multiplayer uh, campaign with uh, our buddies Pete, Ben, and Zahn. All brothers. Um, and little little praise on, on those fellows. They're, they're such uh, supportive and encouraging game players. They're all phenomenal video game players um, in almost all aspects that they play. Um, so when you play with play with them, it's always like playing with the big boys or the big dogs, you know, or stuff. Sure. Um, but they're all so helpful and polite and kind and, and just supportive type. It's sounds silly, but it's when you go into an intimidating situation where you don't like a, a difficult game and you don't know something and then you have people like being cool about it and you know, if it could be call of duty or whatever, like, Hey, it's, it's fine. You don't get kills or you're, you know, we're pulling you through the team or whatever. And it, you just have a good time. It makes it so much more enjoyable. And that's what happened. I think last Sunday we spent like six hours or something playing this game and we barely got through like six turns because the turns were so long or now maybe we got like 10 turns, but they're so long and the game is pretty cool, but, um, it's a, uh, You've played any of the Total War War games, have you at all? Um, years ago, years and years ago. Yeah, it's it's army fighting, right? army versus yeah. army, in kind of real time. You tell them to go, and then they slowly go across the the field, and it's very beautiful in that way. And hundreds of armies and whatnot, right. um, fighting each other. Um, but it's it's got a it's got kind of a problem that it's made for stat people ish, like all these total these kind of games are. Uh, the war games where each unit has all these abilities and stats and pluses and minuses and things. And you kind of, it's, if you're a min maxer kind of person, you know, Oh, if I have this unit go up against this other unit versus this other unit is weaknesses. And it's just kind of very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then um, it's, it's time consuming. Like you, you know, you run a, you run a, a, a fight and it takes 30 minutes and that's just like one, insignificant fight and there's many many fights that happen all the time and on when you're playing multiplayer it's very it's very good multiplayer by the way it's there it's all makes you feel like you're all working together and every fight you play together so if there's a battle like say our buddy zon has a fight then we can choose to play with him and then everybody watches that fight and then he gives us units and we control like i would curl just the archers which made the game so much easier I didn't okay. have to know about all the stats for all the things and all the units. Right, I just had to right. know about this. And having the good uh, friends that I had, they can say, hey, this is what these are. This is what these do. Go do that. And then you just go do that. Right? Mm. And it, it helped teach me the game in a lot simpler way with people who can help me through it. Um, and it was a really good learning experience for, you know, I don't know much about the game. Um and it was really fun. We didn't do much. It didn't feel like in six hours, but it still had a good time with good friends. And, um, and I did learn a lot about, it. I did learn a lot. And then I was like, man, I kind of want to play this game now. And then I went and went to play it solo. And I'm like, well, that was 30 minutes and I am done already. <laughs> Cause you know, you, you, you spend 30 minutes and you don't actually do anything, but, but read the, read the text of your, your, your units, your beginning units. And you're like, yeah, Ugh. um, moving on so I, I i would recommend it for no one more than already people who are already war fan, you know war fans sure, um, sure so that's sad that that 
genre, I don't think is picking any more people up unless they're like war game fans. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are there are young people with more um, uh, uh, spare time and and I mean, because you know, I'm sure if this, I know this was true for me, and I assume it was for you as well. Mm. When you're like a teenager and you yeah. get a good game, you get a new game, like you sit down and read through the D and D manual or yeah, whatever. Right, like, very you, true, very true. You you have enough. Whereas an adult, you're like, oh, I've learned so many things. Do I, I, I like? I only have so much capacity for learning. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. You're totally right. Um, I know that probably teenage me would have looked at this and like the options would have just been like scintillating, right? Like I can right. do everything and make and, and tweak and turn and change. And, you know, uh, and you're right now that feels like exhausting is the, is the right word. Um, so I am happy playing it with my with my friends. As examples, I am happy to play with with my friends who are very forgiving, helpful. I was doing. I made terrible mm-hmm. choices, and uh, Ben, our buddy Ben, came over and decided to help me out and spent his time game playing um, with his character, moving over and pr- pretty much you know <laughs> helping me out the whole time. I was like, that's that feels that feels very nice. And I and I know yeah. uh, ha- having friends like that playing it. Ben very nice. Ben in real life is a teacher, so yes. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> he did. And he was like, I- I'm going to come over and help you. And he's just like, walked me through a bunch of stuff. And, you know, that whole Sunday of our playtime was just him helping me. And, mm. uh, you know, you get friends like that. It's it's a nice, it's a very cool uh, thing to have. And, and makes uh, spending, makes you want to spend an afternoon playing games that are complicated and, and stuff. Uh, the, sure. the other side to that is when you play people who are just very super competitive and they want to play games so that they can compete. And that's not wrong too. That's totally fine. And you know, okay. Um, but it's a different kind of feeling that, that you get sure. when you walk away from, from that kind of thing. We're going to play, I think we were just talking about playing overwatch. Overwatch two comes out and I know a lot of us have that. Um, and we can play on the same team. And so maybe it's also being cooperative helps things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for that, which is another thing next Tuesday, overwatch two comes out. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm still playing Shadows of War, for which is the Middle Earth game. Still enjoying it. Um, I was a little disappointed because I'm I love doing all the things, like finding all the secrets, getting all the little uh, artifacts and whatever, and fighting the war with the orcs. And I'm just having a great time doing that. And I was a little sad that I loaded it up and said it said I was only 15% complete. And I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? I have spent literal weeks on this game and I'm 15% complete. Yeah, I I played through all of the first one. Um but the second one, I think I hit a wall where I I was trying to do a thing that was not the goal. I was like, I can because you can whatever mind control and get good which you yeah. do in the first game too. But yeah. like you get orcs on your side. Yeah, that's so where I'm at trying, by the way. I was trying to replace every, like what happens if I put all I just get all the orcs are orcs on my side and I'll let them fight and go up the hierarchy and mm-hmm. then all. And then, okay, this zone is done. Now I'm going to go do this other zone. And then when I come back to that zone, like they've lost the bad orcs have taken over again. And I'm like, this is like whack-a-mole. This is for, and it's taking hours. I'm yes. Like, I don't have time for this. That That is 100% what I would have said. I mean, you, you said the words that were coming out of my, that's what stopped me from playing the first time, by the way, mm-hmm. exact same thing, mm-hmm. exact same thing. Um, and I learned the hard way that 
you're not supposed to be doing that, but I didn't know right. that. It feels like right. you, you can. Um, and I keep running into that even now. I, I'm, I'm still motivated. I think it's helping me motivated is that I'll, then I'll watch rings of power, ring of power of episodes. And, and I'll be like, Oh, I'm ready to go play the thing. Um, but I, I ran into the couple of those there. I'm, I'm at the part now where I'm actually able to take orcs on my team. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I knew it because there was items and things that were telling me like recruit an orc of this level to your team. Like, Oh, you know, and then, um, I was finally got to fight level 20 orcs, which is the thing that can unlock my set piece if I, you know, dominate one, but I hadn't unlocked the ability to dominate one yet. Mm. Um, but I didn't know that. So I just spent forever trying to like fight one orc to get him cornered, to get this one thing that I can do. And then it wouldn't do it. And I was like, it spent like an entire evening doing it. And then I just said, fine, I'll just go to the quest. And then the next quest unlocks dominating orcs. And I'm like, Mm. God, you know, I, what I need to do with that game is just play through the story. Right. Um, until you get stuck or something. And, yeah. Until I get stuck and then I get stuck, then I can do all the extras. Um, and, and that's, and that's okay. Cause the story's great. You know, it, it really is, you know, it's a lot of Celebrimbor stuff mm-hmm. or Celebrimbor, everyone say it. Um, and he's, he, his character in that game is just phenomenal. Um, super cool. Not a hero. Definitely selfish villain elf type thing um which is super cool um so yeah i'm 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 still playing it is my point i'm still enjoying it um but i need i need to get on a roll with it because i have um assassin's creed valhalla which is i know if you're listening to this is literally like half a decade probably behind (laughs) but i'm such a such a a vikings person and i love black flag and all that stuff Uh, i loaded that up and started playing it through i had to get to the get through the tutorial part michael so that you can actually get to the fun parts right um, but it, it, I got stuck through the tutorial. I got through, I got through the tutorial parts and then I was like, oh, okay, put that down. I'm going to go back to other stuff. Um, so I, I have to get back to it, but man, I hate, I hate, I hate long tutorial phases where they're just, okay, mm-hmm. now walk through the city, you know, and this right. is how you jump on a ledge. And then this is how you stealth. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it does not feel uh, fluid at all um so anyway that's that's what i'm with, i'm on with that game i did buy a game that i think everybody's wanting to play um it is called i'm looking at it here give me a second um what's it called <laughs> it's on my desktop somewhere um uh, across the obelisk i guess it's got a four-player co-op type thing that our buddy Pete and Trotsky has. Yeah, so I, I, see, I see Pete talking about that every once in a while. Yeah, so I'm, I bought that. And all I'm saying about that is that I bought it. And I'm going to be playing it this week. Um, hopefully this weekend. And, and uh, give some report back on that one. I played Tunic. Game's on. Uh, mentioned to me. It's a 3D isometric Zelda. Zelda-like. The mm-hmm. little fox. But um, I don't know. Sure. It's, like, it's Zelda-like. But it's not Zelda. Right? Like... It's you can tell that it doesn't have that Nintendo first party polish that makes mm. Zelda Zelda. Like it does the Zelda things, but it feels like it's the Zelda skeleton and not Zelda. Oh, that's uh, a bummer. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I would rather be playing, you know, Breath of the Wild or something. The real, yeah. Yeah, in, instead. Which is unfortunate. I mean, but it's also to Nintendo's credit why they continuing to make these top Zelda games. Yeah, I mean it's it reminds me of when I tried to play uh Path of Exile or Pillars yes, of Eternity. Whichever yes. one of those is the Diablo like. Yes, um, Path of Exile. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, any news on Diablo 4? Do we know anything about that? I don't, I don't know if you heard anything. I mean, Immortal just came out, so it's probably still a little ways off, but I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not I'm not up on Blizzard news anymore. Right. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so like I said, besides Overwatch. Yay, Overwatch. Um, right, right. Overwatch 2. Right. Overwatch 2. Um, Overwatch 2. Yeah, I think that's I, most of our stuff we've got. This yeah, week. we're still. I'm I'm behind on all the things. Um, I have at least one more episode of uh, Lower Decks, House of the Dragon, and Rings of Power. I just mm-hmm. had a busy weekend uh, making some upgrades to the camper before I, you know, was the process in the process of getting ready to go back on the road. Um, I'm still liking House of the Dragon better than Rings mm-hmm. of Power. They're just I don't know. There's either too much going. There are a lot of things in Rings of Power that are just not working for me, whether it's the writing or the acting or the characterization or the many different storylines, most of which I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't remember if we talked about this last week. I think I'm carrying think some yeah. carrying some grudge from from Wheel of Time into that show, which is not really fair. But mm. you know, I I gush about Lord of the Rings a lot. My my expectations were high. Where um, House of the Dragon is just much more uh, compacted. Now, I know that we're very close. I'm either at the episode or just before the episode where there's going to be a big time jump and a lot of um, uh, uh, casting change, right, from young to older uh, actors and actresses. Uh, So I'm a little nervous about that. Um, But we'll... We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the more. same boat there. And we, and we talked about that last week. But and so I'm my comments are kind of the same is that. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I like I don't I'm think enjo- I've watched I'm enjoying... a new episode of, of I think I've watched one. I watched one or two more episodes because I was a couple behind last week uh, on Rings of Power. But that was early last week. And I don't have any new uh, feelings about it after. Yeah, after I, those, I, so. I, I'm, I'm about one. I'm about where you are and all that stuff. I for House of Dragon, I'm one before the what's going to be the time jump i think the time jump episode's out already um but i i have the like i said last week i have the same feelings you do that i don't i don't know i really enjoy house of dragon and i'm enjoying the characters mm-hmm. um changing those act actors and actresses out feels risky to me but i mean the the funny part about it is um generally younger actors or actresses aren't as good and you don't want to plan your franchise around those. So right. putting in more long-term established actors and actresses in is a good idea. It just mm. happened. So happened that the, the young people in this one are, were pretty good. Are really um, good. The, the lead playing, uh, Rhaenyra, whose name I am going to yeah. space on now, but she's really, really good. And so I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. We'll re- repla- replacing these people is going to be, I know. I know you're not that far in the crown, but that's happened twice in the crown because it's, you know, they're going to do like six seasons covering whatever, like 75 years or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll have, to, I have to, I definitely have to get up, get up on those. Uh, um, but, but I'm not, I'm in no rush. I'm really taking this seasons, these seasons of shows and uh, with patience Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in no, I'm in no rush to do it because we, yes, we do have a lot of things that come out and do stuff, but there's a lot of space in between stuff. Sure. Um, right. Like, like for example, strange new worlds, we kind of, we're excited about that and went through that and yes, lowered X is out right now, but there's nothing other star Trek out that I'm, I'm interested in seeing for a long time. 
so, you know, if I had taken my time and not really rushed it, then I could still be enjoying those, you know, episodes uh, in a longer time. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with doing that with these, you know, three or four shows that are out right now. Um, uh, granted, we're, we're, when they all come out, it's kind of our dead when they're all out is you and I's deadline to have them so we can talk about them in, in their entirety. But sure. um, uh, but as they come out, I'm in no no real rush until until we have that last that last deadline day. Sure. But yeah, I think that's mostly what we got this week. We're a little bit shorter on this one, which is okay. But we'll come back next week and we can talk about Dennis's travels up north to a great big wedding party and mm-hmm. uh, my. Uh, hopefully successful attempts to not drink too many sips of bourbon and mm. um oh yeah 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 we'll we'll, we'll see how that all goes and we'll <laughs> report back to you next week on, on these two things nice. nice uh and to go and don't forget to watch chinatown this week that's right that's right all right you've been listening to the front porch this is episode 264 thanks always to our friends at lrm online you can check them out our buddy fox has reviews on all things if you want to reach out to us um, and tell us your favorite Chinatown-based movie, uh, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you will find contact forms there to reach out to us, show notes when relevant, and uh, I don't know. It's not even worth mentioning the list of movies because it's months out of date, I'm sure. <laughs> If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.